This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Shotgun snap to Carr, walking right, fires towards the sideline, Renfro grabs it, gets away from a tackle at the five, dives towards the end zone, touchdown Raiders! Fires down the field for Renfro, and it's intercepted by Sutton at the Steelers' 30. Renfro laid out for it, Sutton beat him to the ball, and Pittsburgh takes over on a pick. Three, two, and the loss here in Pittsburgh, Link, ends any hopes of the Raiders making the postseason as they lose to the Steelers on Christmas Eve, 13 to 10. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Before we go any further with this show, breaking news to ESPN, Tua Tagovailoa has entered the concussion protocol. That is the third time this year he's been in the concussion protocol. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he has a concussion, but he's in the concussion protocol. Coach Mike McDaniel said he's unsure of when the injury occurred versus the Packers. That is scary. We talked about Kenny Pickett going into that game against the Raiders because he's already had a couple concussions his rookie year. To know that he is in concussion protocol, talking about Tua, and they don't even know when it happened is scary, right? I mean, this is an awesome game. I, I, I love to watch it, love to cover it, you know, love to get angry about it, whatever the case may be. But, man, these dudes are out there putting it on the line, and you just don't know what could happen. And so now at some point someone's got to save Tua from himself. I mean, that is really a massive concern when you realize he is in his concussion protocol for the third time this season. That's not good. We'll continue to update that as it rolls through. But uh, many concerns, and hopefully Tua is okay and whatever. I don't care how great of a season Miami's having or thinking they're having. If they need to sit that young man down, they need to sit that young man down and let him get healthy. Don't be selfish. Right? Don't be selfish. And I know every fan wants to win. I know every team wants to win, and that's all it's about. But, man, at the end of the day, this dude, I mean, his his whole career, his life, his lifestyle is on the line at this point. They need to do right by Tua Tagovailoa. Let's go to the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor, who was in Pittsburgh, who will join us at 3.30. He was in Pittsburgh, caught up to not only Max Crosby, but also Josh Jacobs. We'll hear from Josh Jacobs a little bit later in the show, but I uh, had an opportunity to catch up with Mad Max, and, you know, he was a guy who was out there giving it every effort he had. Didn't really have a big, impactful game, but, you know, you saw the effort out there. There was a lot of slippage going on from the Raiders, and I felt like Max was uh, getting tripped up a couple times on his own players, and that field was just tough, man. It was tough, but it was tougher for both teams, you know, so you can't make an excuse and say, well, the guys couldn't get their footing and this, that, and the other because, look, the Steelers had no problem getting their footing. Cam Hayward lived in the Raiders' backfield. He lived in the Raiders' backfield. So at some point, man, you got to find a way to make it happen. But as you can imagine, there wasn't a whole lot of words being said in the Raiders' locker room, but here is Max Crosby. Yeah, I know there's going to be time to uh, think about this season and look back, but, you know, as you, as you kind of sit here today and losing the game that kind of followed a, a similar script that some other ones have followed this year, um, how disappointing is it that a lot of this has been self-inflicted wounds? And even though you tipped your cap to the opponent, but, you know, some of it is just – Kind of your own, own undoing, unfortunately. You got to give them credit. They won the game. You know, it sucks. You know, it's unfortunate, but you got to get better. Simple as that. Got work to do. Two two games left. What we got? So yeah, it's disappointing. 
How are the uh, conditions out there? Um, did they have any effect at all? And... No, it was, it was cold, but it is what it is. The defense has been playing well. Um, you guys, third straight game where you gave up three points in the first half, uh, hung in there a lot of uh, different times. Um, again, how is it looking back at this season and some of, the, some of these close losses that you guys have had, how disappointing is that? It's obviously disappointing, you know. This is what it is. You know, you want to win every time you go out there. So, yeah, it sucks. There's Max Crosby of Vinny Bonsignor in the locker room following the game. And many thanks to Max for giving, you know, a minute or two and just sharing his thoughts anyway. It's tough after a game like that. Again, these guys are competitors, and we all know Max Crosby wants to win more times than not. And the one thing I kept saying as I was sitting around with Vegas Jess and Jason, a.k.a. Twilight, and the wife, we were watching the game on Christmas Eve, I kept saying, somebody on defense has to step up and make a play, right? And I know Max has had a fantastic season. I think the next, the maturation in Max Crosby's game, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way. I don't want anyone to think I'm knocking Max because I'm not. If anyone's been given 100% effort, it's Max Crosby. The thing he needs to do next to take that next step is to have that finisher, to have the finishing move, right? You see it when you watch San Francisco play. You see Nick Bosa. They need a big sack. Guess what? Nick Bosa is that guy. All of a sudden, he'll seal the deal, and boom, game over. Micah Parsons against the Eagles this past weekend. He was having a piss-poor game, to say the least. All of a sudden, Second half of the fourth quarter, it's like, okay, got to make sure that these guys don't score. Let me, come to, let, me, let me go to work. That's what Michael Parsons did. That Just need to be able to make that play. When your team needs it the most, you've got to be able to get, that, get, get to the quarterback, affect the quarterback, you know. And Max has done a lot of that throughout the course of the year, but they need to have that finisher, that closer. That, that's, that's, you know, kind of what I look at Jerron Harmon as that guy in the back end of the, of the defense as the closer, the guy who can come up with that big play. I wish he'd make a few more. The Raiders need one of those guys on the defensive line too. They need that guy that is going to, you know, say, hey, coach, I got this. Look over at Patrick Graham and say, I got this. Don't worry. We're going to shut it out right now. This quarterback's going to drop back to pass. We know he has to pass on this drive, and I'm going to get to him. I'm going to affect him. And I know that he gets held a lot. I get it. And it's not cool. It happens. But at some point, I think Max Crosby's next step is to learn to be that finisher. But he does, again, a hell of a job. And so don't, don't take it the wrong way. Don't, uh, you know, don't, don't think that I'm knocking his effort because I'm definitely not. If there's one guy that's out there competing on every play, it's Max Crosby. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, man. Uh, we got some foundational pieces on this team, no doubt. You know, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. And definitely Josh Jacobs, you know. I mean, this ain't the first time that Josh Jacobs has, like, had to have been the one to call out, you know, uh, call a spade a spade. He's the real leader of this team. You know, I know people don't want to hear it, but just the facts, man. Josh Jacobs needs to be a Raider. You know, guys like him don't get a Raider tattoo for nothing. We ain't winning six games, that's for darn sure, if Josh Jacobs ain't on the team. You know, and I know people don't want to talk about Derek Carr and his contract, but the reality is he ain't worth 35-plus mil a year. If, if we tone that contract down and we got someone else, then guess what? That means we sign Josh Jacobs and we get some of the defensive talent we need because we definitely need talent. We keep Carr, we're going to be limited on some of that talent we get. So everything, everything does have a cause and effect. You know, we signed Jacobs, and my, my thinking is, and my question to you would be, uh, can the Raiders win with an average quarterback? Because in my opinion, Derek Carr is average or maybe a little above average. But I think an average quarterback can win with this team with the, some of the pieces we have in place. 
Much love. Hope you had a good Christmas. Hard Th- out. Thank you for the call, my man. And, and I've said this multiple times. I think the Raiders can win with Derek Carr. I just think that the situation has to be ideal, and that's not, that's not good. That's not good enough that the situation has to be, uh, in a, you know, a, not perfect, but it has to be good, a, a really good situation, if that even makes sense. Um, you know, he's good enough, but Alex Smith was good enough for the Chiefs as well, and they decided to go and, and elevate themselves and get, and get better. And I think that's what most of Raider Nation wants. And I think that, you know, to be honest, as much as Derek has, has done for the Raiders and with the Raiders and stabilized that quarterback position since he came into the league, I mean, at some point he, he might, for him, he might say, you know what, I, I need something else. And I wouldn't blame him for that. I mean, it's been a long time. He's been with the team for a long time, and he hasn't done a lot of winning. And, again, like I keep saying, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. And so, I mean, I don't know. He's got a no-trade clause. That's something that people have got to think about. A lot of people just say, oh, just trade him. Look, he'll have a, a market. There will be plenty of teams that want him. question is, is he going to want to play for them? He's in control. <laughs> you know, they're not, in my opinion, they wouldn't just let him walk for nothing. You know, they wouldn't just cut him and say, all right, you're out of here. So there's got to be some kind of give or take, but that no-trade clause is something. So he's in control of where he goes. If he goes anywhere, he might decide that, you know what, I don't want to play quarterback anymore. I'm going to go preach. I'm going to do this. I got another calling. And you know what, if he did that, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Guy's been in the league nine years. Right? Sometimes, sometimes enough is enough. Sometimes you've just had enough, and you're like, okay, I did everything I could. It, it, it didn't work out the way I planned. But I feel like I left the place in a better, in a better uh, you know, position than when I found it, which I think if you're being honest, we could all say that Derek Carr has put the Raiders in a better position than what they were when he arrived in 2014. They, had, they were a rotation at that, at that quarterback position. I can go through all the starting quarterbacks that they've had between Rich Gannon and him, and it's a laundry list of just names. And most of them are way past their prime. <laughs> so – uh, I mean, at the very end of the day, you have to give him credit for stabilizing the position and trying to do as much as he could. I'll never begrudge him for anything that he's done with the team because the one thing I can guarantee you is he's put out effort and he's tried to do everything he can to help this team win. Sometimes the team didn't help him with what they had around him, protection that they had around him. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that nine years of not winning is all on Derek Carr's shoulders. Not going to do that. That'd be foolish. But sometimes, you know, hey, you've, you've tried to do this for a long time and it doesn't work, so, you know, you, you give him a hug, <laughs> you know, give him an attaboy, and, and you go about your business and do something else. Some, I mean, sometimes that's just what it is, right? I thought I did a really good job at my radio station in, te- in Central Texas. I was there 10 years, and after 10 years, I was like, all right, this has been awesome. It's been great. We've had some good times. You guys are cool. I'm cool. Peace out, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just that sometimes that's just how it is. I mean, sometimes the, the message gets lost. It gets a little stale, and you need, you need, some, you need some new new juice. What's that, brother? So that's what that is. Let's, Damon, let's go into some sound from head coach Josh McDaniels. As a matter of fact, we'll take some more calls in just a bit. Vinny Bonsignor is joining us at 330. Uh, the first one, let's, uh, let's skip the opening statement because the opening statement is really long about the game. Uh, we can get back to that at some point, but uh, – Coach McDaniels was asked about Derek Carr. He was asked about his recent struggles, and, you know, it kind of really broke it down. And, again, multiple times throughout this presser, I did not feel like he was very committal when it came to the quarterback. But here's Josh McDaniels talking about the recent struggles of one Derek Carr. Yeah, um, there's probably there's a lot of reasons, obviously, for that, and I don't put everything. Uh, it's never on one person. Um, 
you know, and, and uh, that's our responsibility, my responsibility. And at the end of the day, the passing game and the production of the passing game, you know, usually has a lot to do with, um, you know, how we protect, you know, the routes we run, the ability to read the coverage together, throwing and catching. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. So I know that that statistic gets applied to just one person, but uh, certainly there's, you know, there's other factors. Um, you know, so, I mean, look, it, that's not good enough. You know what I mean? And, and for us to be able to win at this time of the year uh, and be productive uh, offensively, you, you have to throw the ball you know, better than what we've thrown it at times here in the last month and a half. Um, we've been able to win some in spite of that, you know, overall. But, um, you know, clearly that's not the goal. Uh, the goal would be to be, be, be more productive than what, what we've been. So there he is, uh, Josh McDaniels, talking about the last few games, a handful of games uh, that the Raiders have had and, and what Derek Carr has been able to do as a passer. And it just hasn't been that great, right? I mean, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. I mean, it's just it's been a problem. And it's just his, his overall, like, QBR hasn't been very good. And right now it's not very good. It's 55.8, right? He has 24 touchdowns on the season to 14 interceptions. He's 32nd when it comes to interceptions in the league right now. I mean, that's just that's, that's not, that's not good enough and had three more on Saturday. And, of course, you know, two of them, I'll say, are squarely on his shoulders. The one that bounced off of Foster's hands, that was – I'll put that on Foster. But at the end of the day, it goes in the, in the interception column for the quarterback. I mean, three against Pittsburgh, one pick against New England, two against the Rams, one against the Chargers, two against Seattle. I mean, think about that. In the, ne- in the last five games, he's had, what, four, six, nine interceptions. Nine interceptions is not going to get it done. You can't do that. There's quarterbacks in the league that haven't had nine interceptions all season. And that's just the reality of it. Again, not trying to, you know, not trying to bag on, on the quarterback, but that's just that's not good enough. And so Vinny Bonsignor followed up the comments that Joshua Daniels had on the Cars' struggles and asked a question about him playing better. You're mentioning, obviously, there's a lot of reasons, yeah. factors, uh, but do you need your quarterback to play better? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we all can do better. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, if we're sitting in the meeting room today thinking that we, we, we played great over the last however long it is, um, I don't think that's really the case. You know what I mean? We, we, we all can do better, um, and, we, and we should, and we need to, uh, and we can coach better. You know, so um, we're all in this together. That's the way it's going to be, and you win and lose as a team. Offensively, you know, you're, you're productive as a group, not, you know, as one individual or a bunch of individuals. So um, everybody, you know, can do better, and I, I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you that he could do the same thing. So... There's Joshua Daniels talking about, you know, does Derek Carr need to play better? And, of course, he does. And as DeMond pointed out to me, I mean, he's, he's leading the league in interceptions right now. That's not, that's not good. And the, the thing about it is, and I've said this ever since Coach Daniels took over, that if you go back and look at Carr and you look at his numbers, every time he has a new coach slash coordinator, whatever the case may be, he takes a step back. So I expected him to take a step back. I just didn't expect him to take a step back like he has. Like, I didn't expect him to miss a wide-open Hunter Renfro at the end of the game. I didn't expect to see him sail the ball over Devontae Adams' head multiple times like he did on Saturday. I didn't expect to see him throw the ball behind Hunter Renfro that leads to an interception. Right? I mean, things like that. And those, I feel like, are squarely on him. Those are just either getting too juiced up, too fired up, too whatever. But, I mean, it started really week one. But I, I could almost excuse some interceptions in week one and early in the season when you're still trying to figure things out. But you're in week 16. You only got two more games left, right? At what point are you going to figure things out? And I'll tell you, if he didn't have the contract situation where they had to make a decision on the money 
following, you know, five days after the Super Bowl, I don't think it'd be a question if he's coming back next year. I really don't. I think it would be a no-brainer that, yeah, okay, they'd bring him back. But when you see the numbers, you see the missed throws, you see the, you know, the tough losses that the Raiders have had, again, not squarely putting it on Derek Carr's shoulders, but quarterbacks get the blame and they get the, the praise as well. So it's a two-way street. It's not like he just only gets the, 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 the blame and no, none of the praise. When the, court, when the teams win, quarterbacks get the praise too. And we gave Derek Carr a lot of praise for what he was able to do last year. So let's not, you know, let's, let's make sure that we, we realize it's still a two-way street. If they didn't have that big contract situation, I could see them bringing them back. But it's just, I think when you look at everything, it's going to be hard for them to justify just about $40 million. Right? I, I feel like it's going to be hard for them to say, yeah, this is worth it. Cool. That's a large amount of money. Right? Regardless if it's my money, DeMond's money, James' money, Lotus Broadcasting's money, whoever's money it is. It obviously ain't none of ours, so it don't matter. But it's still, it's a large amount of money. So that is what makes the, the situation that much more complicated. If he had another year on his deal and then maybe the extension really kicked in, I would tell you it's a no-brainer that he's coming back next year. But because of that extension, it makes the, the, the situation a little bit more difficult. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend Raider Cease. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Thank you. Um, right as you're starting, you know, you talked about – uh, you know, the, the carousel quarterbacks the Raiders have. And literally when I was in my uh, late teens, it was someone like Matt Flynn that I was looking forward to, <laughs> listening to this guy like, oh, finally, this is going to be the guy, and Terrell Pryor. So finally, you know, you mentioned, you know, it was Derek Carr that brought that stability. Yep. And, you know, I want to bring up that the fact that, you know, he's the comeback king, right? Like he's always the one that, you know, has the most comeback wins. But that's also the problem is like, He's done that forever. Where, why is it that we couldn't just be ahead the whole time? <laughs> right. And you know he finishes game, so he's come. You know he's just the comeback person. It's like I would be okay. Like they met some people called said, you know middle of the pack quarterback that maybe doesn't have us ever fall back. Right. Just be even kill as much as possible. So I in, I know you asked you know who's on the podcast who would you rather have? I don't know, but I just know Carr as much as I love him may not be who we need going forward. Thank you. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, that's, that's always the second part of the equation, right? Okay, if you're going to make a move, then where, where, where are you making the move? What, is, what direction are you making the move, right? Do you feel comfortable with, hey, uh, I can get a really good rookie quarterback to come in and play, or I can go out and sign a veteran, or I could do both? I mean, what, you know what I mean? Like, there has to be – it, and I know that the front office wouldn't do this. This is just us talking and us, you know, throwing some stuff out there and, and seeing if it sticks. These guys are way smarter than we are. So I know that they wouldn't move on without a plan. So either their plan is, okay, you're going to bring in a veteran. And if you look at a veteran that's out there, who do you have? You got Jimmy G will be available. Brady will be available. Maybe you could trade for, for uh, Aaron Rodgers if you really wanted to go down that route. That's a lot of money. Baker Mayfield, you know, I mean, there's, there's – Guys, Jacoby Brissett, right? I mean, there, there's guys <laughs> that are out there that would be available, but are any of those solutions that you feel like are, are good solutions or are those just a bridge guy? Would you bring in a Jimmy G? If you, and honestly, if you bring in a Jimmy G, I'm like, why don't you just run it back with Derek Carr, right? Jimmy G is a guy that's, Jimmy G is a guy that's injury prone. He'll, he'll play for a couple games and he'll be done. You know, it just, it, it, it's, it's a great question to ask, Raider Seas, and I don't have the answer to it. I can tell you that right now. But if you're going to go and you're going to dip into the draft to get your guy, you better get one of the top three, 
right? Because once you drop down to getting the fourth-best quarterback in the draft, you might as well pass. The fourth-best quarterback in the draft is not going to be the guy that you feel like he's going to be the dude. He's not. You're looking at Bryce Young, you're looking at C.J. Stroud, and you're looking at Will Levitz. That's what you're looking at. Those are the three cats that you're looking at that you feel really confident about your team moving forward. After that, yeah, it's a pretty much of a crapshoot. You know, it's really a big-time crapshoot as far as I'm concerned. Let's take one more call, 702-365-9200. We're going out to Henderson. Who's on the, who's on the line, Damon? D.C. D.C., welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, good afternoon, Damon. Uh, I'm sorry, Q. Um, it's all good. I'm calling, you know, I, just, I hear all this talk about moving on for Derek Carr, and honestly, I don't see that as the right decision. I, I look okay. at uh, the numbers he's put up in the past. Uh, my problem lies with the front office and this coaching staff. I've seen uh, Josh McDaniels coach like a just like I don't want to say the word, but it rhymes with rich all season. <laughs> Playing with leads, sitting on them, uh, you know, extremely disappointed. We were promised an offensive guru, and I feel like we got catfished. I have no idea what this guy's doing. I have no faith in him. At what point do we recognize he is what his record says he is? He's a loser. You know, he, his time in Denver, he went. I don't know what he was doing in, in uh, New England during the halftime adjustments. He must have been making coffee because he's done nothing to prove that he's responsible for any of that. Uh, as far as Dave Ziegler goes, $20 million unkept cap space or unspent cap space, uh, or cap space uh, refuses to address the, uh, the secondary offensive line issues. Um, Anthony Averett was a joke signing when Stephon Gilmore... Uh, Patrick Peterson is sitting out there, and he signs a guy who has six good games in Baltimore last year, and it's just been an absolute disgrace. I've seen enough from these guys to realize I have no confidence in them to rectify this. Time for Mark Davis to cut his losses, spend the money. Uh, I don't want to hear that he doesn't have it. NFL owners print money. No excuse for him to continue unless he doesn't care about winning. I'm still mad about that giant middle finger he gave the Raider Nation when he said Josh McDaniel was doing a great job about six weeks ago. This team should be, they could easily be 2-12 and 12 at this point, you know, and it lies squarely on the shoulders of Josh McDaniel and Dave Ziegler. They easily could be 12-2 and two as well. <laughs> I mean, really, as you think, or not 12-2, and two, that wouldn't be, they've played, what, 15 games? So, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. They easily – all these games that they lost, they easily could have won. Last year they would have won them, right? I mean, that's how it goes. And, and we all talked about it, and, and thank you for the call, D.C. We all talked about it, about you can't bank on them winning those close games and getting the ball, the ball to bounce like it did last year. Everything bounced their way. And I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm just letting it be known that you can't always count on, you know, everything to fall into place for you. You know, they, they – we could go back through the schedule. We could look at all the games that they lost. I can start with the Arizona game and say that should have been a dub. You know, should have, would have, could have, but it wasn't. So, I mean, as much as you say they could have only two wins on the season, they could easily have 12, <laughs> right? I mean, so, I mean, if we're going to play that game, we, we can do it both ways. So, I understand what you're saying. As far as the front office goes, I'm willing to give them their own, uh, their, their own like, year, their own offseason, Think about when they came in. We'll ask uh, Vinny Bonsignor this off the top when he joins us in the next segment. When they came in, it was already January. So when they came in, they didn't have a whole year of scouting. They didn't have th – that's what I really – you know, uh, family, family dad in Henderson called earlier and was talking about the draft picks. I want to see what Dave Ziegler and company could do with their own draft picks, right? Of course, they traded their first and second this year to get Devontae Adams. Not mad at that at all. That's great. But what can they do with a full draft? I don't want to judge these guys until I see – what they do with the full draft, because I think they did pretty good with what they had. 
the, the, the capital that they had this year, I think they did pretty good with it. If they can turn these draft picks into some real players and put some talent in the cupboard, that's the problem. The Raiders have no depth. You know, when Denzel Perryman went, went down, everyone was like, oh, blank. When Chandler Jones went down, everyone went, oh, blank. You know, when, when if it's a wide receiver goes down or, or Darren Waller goes down, it's like, oh, blank. There's just not enough behind the, the starters. There's just not. And that's because, going back to family dad and Henderson's call, they missed on too many picks. And that, that's not just the, the last staff. That's staff on top of staff on top of staff on top of staff. I can go back to the history of the Raiders draft picks, and we can look at all the, all the misses, all the whiffs. I don't like to pain myself, so I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm just looking at the list of quarterbacks in between, in between uh, Rich Gannon and, and, and Derek Carr, and that hurts enough. Think how many times the Raiders swung at a quarterback and missed. Terrell Pryor, Matt McGloin, Matt Flynn, Carson Palmer, Jason Campbell, Kyle Bowler, Bruce Gretkowski, Jamarcus Russell, Charlie Fry, Andrew Walter, Dante Culpepper, Josh McCown, Aaron Brooks, Kerry Collins, Marcus Tuiabzobo, Kerry Collins some more, Rich Gann. I mean, did any of that excite you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, none of that. It's unbelievable. So they got to have a plan. We'll talk about the plan next with Vinny Bonsignor. He'll join us. It's 326. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And we are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. Of course, it'll be the Chargers and the Colts. But let's get to some real business. Let's get down to it. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest, and we definitely appreciate you. As always, Vinny, and you and uh, Hondo actually had a couple good questions uh, for Josh McDaniels earlier today when you were talking about Derek Carr and the significance of you know the, the last two games because of Injury, if he gets injured and his, his contract could be fully guaranteed for next season and $7.5 million for the following season. So what do you think is the status, man? What do you think is going to happen with Derek Carr the last two games? Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure, you know, to be honest. I know Derek's going to put up a good fight uh, if they're even thinking about not playing him, uh, which it makes sense that they wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do, you know, uh, I can't sit here and say that they've made a, uh, a decision yet on, on Derek Carr's future. Um, I've had people in the league tell me that they, they think it's headed in a, in, a, in a totally different direction and Derek Carr is not going to be here. Um, so there's obviously talk uh, out there about that possibility. Uh, and, and if you're being prudent about it, if you're the Raiders, and you, whether you've made that decision or not, even if, you've made, even if you haven't made the decision one way or another, um, you have to protect your interests. And you know, if he does get hurt, over these next two games, then they're on the hook uh, for the $40 million. And, you know, so, and, and how does that change maybe his trade market if they want to move in that direction or, or any other direction that they want to go in? So it's definitely something that they have to consider. And on top of that, he's just not playing well right, uh, right now and hasn't for a little while. You know, I think I counted going back to last year, um, he's thrown under 60% or completed under 60% of his passes 10 out of the last 17 games. That's not good. Um, you know, and he's, he's a guy that's known for his accuracy and taking care of the ball. And as we see four straight games uh, throwing for 55%, completing 55% of his passes are below, nine interceptions over his last five games. Um, you know, if you want to 
try to understand, you know, why the Raiders are struggling uh, offensively, the quarterback has had something to do with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And on Saturday, I know the elements were ugly and it was really cold out there, but it was cold for both teams. And all I saw was a lot of overthrows, uh, a lot of just bad passes, and, you know, ultimately resulted in three interceptions, even though two of them, I'll say, were his fault. The first one uh, put more on Foster than him. But still, I mean, at the end of the day, still three interceptions and a lot of bad passes, including attempts that he was trying to hit Devontae Adams. How much of the elements had to do with that bad, those bad throws, and how much just Derek Carr had a bad day? I think it's more that Derek Carr had a bad day, and and, and you know if that was just you know a one-time thing, uh, then you know it would be easier to say that it would be easier to say well you know maybe the elements did uh, play a factor, uh, but the fact of the matter is he's been struggling uh, for a little while now. I mean the Raiders' offense has not been. Uh, you know, playing crisp, efficient football for a little while now. And when you talk about nine interceptions in the last five games, that's a lot of interceptions, Q. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, you, you have to take care of the ball. And, you know, when you're talking about, and, and, and Josh brought this up today, you know, uh, making leads bigger, uh, being able to, you know, stay out in front of opponents. Well, one of the ways that you do that is by scoring more points and being more efficient. And when you keep shooting yourself in the foot with turnovers or, um, you know, you, you look at those two throws to, to Devontae Adams, one of which I thought would have been a touchdown um, had, had the throw been been executed. That's yep. another touchdown right there that, you know, forces the other team to dig out of a bigger hole. And it's plays like that. It's not just the turnovers. It's right. some of the missed opportunities um, that are on relatively, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say easy. I'm not an NFL quarterback. I'm, I would never, ever say that. But on, right. on throws that, you know, NFL quarterbacks have to make, let's put it that way, um, so and, and they're just not being made at a, at a uh, consistently enough basis, and it's been troublesome. Yeah, it really has. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. We can all say that Derek Carr had a bad game or he was off, but the attempts that he had was just a little too high for that type of cold weather game, and Josh Jacobs alluded to that. So what do you make of Josh Jacobs only having 15 carries, and it felt like half of them came on the first drive of the game? Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, obviously, you, you can look at the sheer numbers and say, wow, he should have ran the ball uh, more. But when you're averaging 2.9 yards per carry, I'm not necessarily putting that on Josh himself. The offensive line was having difficulty moving bodies around uh, on, on Saturday. When you're averaging 2.9 uh, yards per carry and you're running the ball into a brick wall, essentially, over and over and over again, as they were uh, after that first drive, well, I mean, at, at some point you've got to try something different, and that's what they did. And had they not, then people are going to be, well, why didn't you try something different? Right. You know, if they would have kept going at, with the run and, and the run not working. So it's kind of a darn if you do, darn if you don't type of a thing. But I understand why they didn't run uh, as much. They weren't having success running the ball. And the one time that they did, it gets called back uh, by a face mask uh, a penalty. So, uh, look, this is the NFL, and I know the conditions, you know, weren't, you know, all that great, but you have to be able to complete passes in the NFL. You have to be able to move the ball through the air in the NFL, and right now that's not happening at a high enough level. Yeah, you say damned if you do, damned if you don't, but when it comes to running the ball, after the Denzel Perryman interception, they throw it right again on first down, and I'm not the biggest fan of throwing on first down, and it's intercepted again. I just feel like they didn't stick with the run game enough, so could that be on play calling, or is it just on the players and the execution? 
I mean, you could say, okay, why don't you run the ball right there? And I get that, and I understand it. There's also the the argument of, hey, you know, the uh, the the the. the uh, um, the iron's hot, you know, get after yeah. them, be aggressive right now and really make them pay for throwing that interception, you know, especially where they were, um, you know, on, 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 at the point they were on the field. Go, you know, try to be aggressive and, and try to make them pay for the interception. I get that too. So for me, um, you could talk about play calling all you want, Devon. Uh, at some point, you have to talk about was there good enough execution? And on that play in particular, no, there wasn't good enough execution all the way around. So um, if they complete the pass, nobody's talking about what that play call was, but they didn't. And now and, and people aren't, I understand that. But the fact of the matter is, uh, to me, that's on the players right there. No, I, I agree, and I, I like taking a shot. As soon as you get a turnover, I like taking a shot. You know, just yeah. immediately try to try to break their back while you can. And, and you're right, Carr missed on a couple of passes that one to Devontae that could have been a touchdown if he hits him. He got behind the DB, and uh, there was nothing but green grass in front of him. So, again, that goes back to execution. We're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, when we were talking to head coach McDaniels earlier today, uh, to me it didn't sound like he was 100% committed to Derek Carr and so regardless what happens whatever decision they make what do they do what do you think would be the best plan of attack for this team moving forward if they do ultimately decide hey uh let's move on or let's trade or whatever the case may be yeah, and you're talking about overall, not just this year, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean overall. Yeah. Yep. And listen, I, I, I went back and listened to, to, to the audio on that uh, a bunch of times, you know, because I, I try not to, you know, uh, uh, you know, go too far with certain things right. or, yep. or read too much into certain things, but I felt like we're kind of on the same page on that. Um, you know, literally asked him about Jared Stidham and the quarterback position and making a change there for this year, and, and he didn't say no, <laughs> you right. know? exactly. Um, and could have had, had every opportunity to do that. So to me, that's, that's somewhat telling. Not saying that they're going to bench Derek Carr right. uh, or move in another direction, but they had every opportunity to say, no, absolutely not, and they didn't. So they're, they're thinking about something, let's put it that way. Um, I, think, I think that uh, if you go in that direction, if you decide to make a change at quarterback in the big picture, uh, I think you have to execute, you know, work out a trade. Uh, I do believe that there's trade value uh, for Derek Carr. I do believe that there's a market for him. We're probably going to see one of the teams that would be in the market for a quarterback. I mean, let's face it, Nick Foles is starting for uh, the Colts tonight. What does right. that tell you about yeah. where they are with their quarterback job? I think the Saints would be interested uh, in a quarterback. Um, the Jets might be interested in the quarterback. There's teams out there. Um, that would be willing to take on Derek Carr, his contract, and give something up of value uh, for him. So if you're going to go in a different direction, absolutely work out a trade. Uh, that would be, you know, um, execute number one. Um, then the big question, Q, becomes, all right, who do you bring in? Is, is who you bring in the answer long-term or just a bridge for a younger quarterback? Um, and then the, there's obvious names out there. There's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who should be available um, you know, there's Tom Brady. You're going to hear the name Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. He's going to be avail- available, uh, it looks like. Um, so there will definitely be Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you know, everyone was laughing at me a couple weeks ago when I was saying, hey, guys, he can play. You just got to find the right situation for Baker Mayfield. And he's starting to show that he still knows how to play some football. Is that a guy uh, that you turn to, whether it's just for uh, a short period of time or maybe he plays his way, um, you know, into a bigger role? So there will be veterans out there. But I think at some point, uh, Q, I think that the Raiders, you know, whether Carr stays here through the end of this year and beyond, they've got to start looking at the draft and, and yeah. really drafting and developing uh, a quarterback for the future. Uh, I think that's it's, it's long overdue probably. And, yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that for sure. Uh, I think that that would be 
you know, ideal is if they can get a, a guy in the draft. But I think, Vinny, this year there's three guys, there's three names, and I don't think that the Raiders are have any opportunity unless they were to make some moves, unless they were to, like, trade up or whatever to go get them. There's three guys that I'd be interested in. Everyone else is kind of like a, a hard pass for me. Who are those three guys? Uh, I'm looking at Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levitz, and that's it. Okay, I, you know, I mean, I, I think the Raiders are going to have a really hard time winning on Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday uh, against the 49ers. It's a team that's going places. Um, and then they're going to, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, uh, that's, that's always going to be a difficult game. If they finish the season with six wins, I don't know that they're not going to be in the, in the market for one of those three quarterbacks. Well, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, again, Vinny Bonsignore is <laughs> our guest. Go ahead. Vinny, something yeah, I wanted. I, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I wanted to ask you about it because we remember on the initial press conference when the introduction for Ziegler and McDaniel's happened, owner Mark Davis said, "Hey, this is not going to be a rebuild." I'm not asking you to, you know, be the PR for the team, but how do you think that's going to go over with the fan base if you get rid of Derek Carr? Because I think plenty of teams around the league would take him. But that next step of a bridge quarterback or drafting someone in the first round, you know, getting that quarterback of the future, how do you think that goes over with the fan base? It's a great question, and I think whatever does happen next, if they do move on from Derek Carr, becomes the key to that. You know, if it's something that the fans can really, uh, you know, wrap their arms around and embrace. Uh, I think there's a lot. I, mean, I don't think, you know, we'd be kidding ourselves uh, if we didn't think that there was a huge part of this fan base that's probably at this point welcoming a change at quarterback if that's were to happen. You know, we all know uh, that there's a big divide between Raider fans. Uh, among those who are supporting Derek Carr and those who feel like it's time uh, to move on. So I think that, you know, there, there would be an ample, you know, uh, group of people that, that are behind a move like that. But in order for everybody to understand or to, to buy into that it's not a rebuild necessarily, it's going to be on who the other quarterback turns out to be. Um, exactly. And, and that, at this point, it's like we're, we're just guessing, playing a guessing game on who that might be. Because think about this way. As bad as the Raiders' offense has played at times, and, and sometimes even their defense, they really are a handful of plays away from being completely reversed uh, on the record. So is it really a full rebuild, or do they need to you know, uh, you know, make some key changes? Um, and some key personnel um, improvements, you know, maybe on the offensive line, on defense, to be among some of the better, to, some of the best teams in this league. They're not that far off. So I don't know if, even if you're switching quarterbacks, does that really um, reflect a complete rebuild? I don't think it does. I don't either, especially if everyone considers that quarterback an upgrade, right? I mean, right. like what Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes uh, as opposed to Alex Smith. It's like, yeah, they won games with Alex Smith, but Patrick Mahomes, you knew, okay, that's going to be a dude. And, well, the rest is history. It's worked out really well. Vinny, one thing that frustrated me from the game and has frustrated me throughout the course of the year is seeing the ball tipped up in the air and it floating and floating and nobody coming down with it. It seems like whenever the ball's tipped in the air against the Raiders, the other team always comes up with it. The Steelers did it a couple times on Saturday. The Raiders had like two or three opportunities to come up with interceptions off of tip passes, and they weren't able to do it. They don't have enough playmakers on that side of the ball. They have good defenders, but they don't have enough good playmakers. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, and we've talked about this how many times, Q, as far as, you know, it's one thing um, to be somebody that plays your position, but are, do you have enough confidence in yourself, uh, enough moxie sometimes, enough um, instincts to be able to go make a play, you know, right. not just defend your position um, or play your position, 
but also being able to break up, break it off and see something on the field and go make a football play and go come up with an interception or, or a fumble. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't know uh, what the necessary key is to unlock that for the Raiders other than maybe you know some, some players that kind of have that moxie. I feel like Nate Hobbs does, but I still think he's kind of working his way back uh, into things. We've seen um, you know, Trayvon Merrick make a couple breaks on on the ball uh, and didn't come up with it. I I yeah. want to say Sam Webb was a Sam Webb that almost had one. It was a, it would have been a straight interception. Kind of went through his. It, you know, he just made the yeah. wrong break, I guess, or didn't yeah. come up with the ball and it ended up being a completion. It's little things like that where you have to start coming up with those types of plays. Yeah, Meek had an opportunity, didn't come Not up me. with them. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think as much as I hate to say, it, I feel like Nate's taking kind of a step back. Nate hasn't really played that good. I know he's coming back from injury, but I feel like the last few games, you know, he's really kind of been on the wrong end of some of these pass plays. And so, again, like you mentioned, he's still working his way back. I'd like to see him these last couple games really start to work out the kinks. I know his hand is still an issue as well, but, uh, you know, he's, he's probably one of their better defensive backs that they have. Well, Vinny, final question for you. For the final two games that the Raiders have, I mean, we're talking about the quarterback position a lot and how there might be a change there. What do you think as far as personnel goes with the rest of the team? Who do you think may get a little bit of burn and who may, you know, be asked to sit down a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, and I think that Josh McDaniels kind of kind of uh, showed a little bit of his hand. You know, they're going to be really careful with certain guys. There's no need probably to bring back a Chandler Jones at this point. Uh, no. Some of it will be d- depend on what happens tonight, you know, with, with the, the way some of the scores, tur- the way that one of the scores turn out in terms of do they still really have life. Right. I, I still think it's kind of a pipe dream. It's, just, it's almost a, ma- a matter of time now before it's officially over. Um, but, yeah, I, I would think that they're going to be really careful um, with some of the players that they feel are going to be coming back. Uh, no need to bring a Chandler Jones back. Probably not Denzel Perryman uh, either. Uh, and that's, that, all, that opens up a door for some younger players. You know, um, Darian Butler, uh, Luke Masterson, who's been playing pretty darn good football, uh, you know, himself. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, you know, got some burn. So I'd, I'd like to see him uh, out there a, a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, Zamir White, you know, is he somebody that you want to get uh, a better, better look at? Uh, Britton Brown, uh, the other young running back. So you don't want to just throw in the towel. That's, you know, you're doing a disservice to your fans when you're doing that. But at the same time, you have to start thinking about the big picture. And I think that Josh uh, McDaniel sort of brought that up today uh, about the long range and starting to look at that and think about that. Because the last thing that these guys want to do, and this is why you have to start thinking about those, those things, is you don't want to be up here uh, after week 15 talking about the same things that they've been talking about today when we were talking to him yeah. um, or, or Saturday night after we were talking uh, to him. You know, you want to get away from that. And, and the way you do that is build a better roster, do a better job as coaches, uh, as talent evaluators. Uh, I think this is going to be a huge offseason for Dave Ziegler and his group um, in terms of the draft and free agency and possible trades. Uh, you need to get away from where the Raiders have been for far too long. And that's just, I wrote about this, just kind of good enough to be competitive but not good enough to, you know, win all of those games, you know, uh, consistently. They're just sort of right in the middle right now. And that's not a good place to be if your aspirations are to be uh, a championship team. And the way you do that is you have to build a dominant roster. And that's yeah. long overdue as well. They got a hit on draft picks. They got a hit on free agency. They got a hit on trades um, in order to, to make this roster or put this roster where it needs to be. I agree 100%. I'll tell you what, this offseason I think is going to be a very exciting offseason for one reason or the other. I mean, it's, I don't know what, what direction they're going to go, but I'll tell you what, I mean, you better keep your head on a swivel because I think there's going to be a lot of action 
this upcoming offseason. But they still got two games to play. Vinny just put out a piece. McDaniels to consider benching underperforming car. It's out on the RJ. What else you got coming out, Vinny? Yeah, um, that was, that's, that's a pretty big one. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I think they are thinking about it. They have right. to. They yeah, have to think sure. about uh, all these big picture uh, items. So uh, we'll see. You know, the, the players will be back uh, in the building on, on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, quite a reaction from, from them on some of the things uh, that, that have been talked about and written about. You know, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, the emotional Josh Jacobs after Saturday. Yeah. Uh, where is he with all that? Um, there's, a, there's, there's a lot going on uh, with the Raiders right now, and, I, and I'm with you. Uh, I think that the, the, these next few months are going to be uh, – uh, pretty. It, there's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot to talk yeah. about and write about. No doubt about it. Well, great job in the locker room, man. We heard the Max Crosby sound. We played that earlier. We got the Josh Jacobs sound coming up in the next hour. So thanks very much, man. Thanks for all you you do, and we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take all care, right. man. You too, brother. There he goes. Vinny Boston, you are a fantastic job. Uh, was in Pittsburgh in that cold weather and uh, got some great stuff from the locker room and, of course, some great observations from the game as the Raiders drop 13-10. to 10. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Come on by. Chargers and Colts will be on the TV screens. There's food specials, drink specials, plenty of prizes to choose from. Uh, the wife is showing up, so she's in the building making sure that everything is going as it should go. So come on by and hang out with us, man. All we need is you. 349 is the time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. NFL Network, Steve Weiss will join us at 4 o'clock. I know he was cold in Pittsburgh on Saturday. Man, oh, man, sideline reporter doing a fantastic job. That's a great job to have. But, man, I, I, I was not jealous of him that day. I'm usually jealous of the sideline reporter. Love that job. Was not jealous of Steve Weiss on Saturday because it was cold out there. So we'll talk to him about the game. We'll talk to him about the cold. We'll talk to him about everything coming up at 4 o'clock. Got a tons of texts to get to. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and also our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text from the 707. I believe Jason Campbell was 6-10 and 10, or 6-2, and two, excuse me, when he got hurt and they traded for Carson Palmer. We missed the playoffs. Yeah, that was, that was a big what if, right? 707, that was a great text because I remember when Jason Campbell got hurt, he broke his collarbone. They made that that trade, uh, that was Hugh Jackson made that trade for Carson Palmer, and I was not a fan of that trade at all. Not a fan of a guy who's sitting at home doing nothing, and you give him a first-round pick for him. He's literally sitting at home doing nothing, and he wasn't playing for the team. They already had moved on and got their quarterback. They had already moved on from him. So you could have offered him anything for him, and they probably wouldn't have taken it, but that's fine. You don't give him a first-round pick for a guy who's sitting at home doing nothing. That was, man... And it's funny because that made me not like Carson Palmer forever, right? I mean, like, I had no problem with Carson Palmer before that. When they made that trade, I remember somebody hit me like, oh, man, the Raiders made a trade for Carson Palmer. That's great. And I was like, is it? Is it? He hasn't, he's on the couch. You tell me he's going to get off the couch and go play and ball out? I don't think so. That's a big what if, Jason. Great, or not Jason, uh, whoever hit us up from the 707. That was a great text because that, to me, has always been the big what if he had never got hurt because, man, he was playing some good ball. That's the one thing I want to give Hugh Jackson a lot of credit for. He didn't have the greatest players, but he found ways to make them work. It's something that's rare, right? And I know he's not the best head coach. I get it, right? You know, but um, he made guys, I don't want to say play better than their, their skill level, but he knew what they did well, and he just asked them to do that, right? He had guys like Denarius Moore, Jacoby Ford, uh, shout out to Jacoby Ford. Um, who else? Darren McFadden probably had his best year rushing. Uh, there was there was other guys that they had that just they were 
they were decent. They weren't fantastic, but they he found ways to put them in position to, to succeed. I always did like that. Uh, got a text from the five and dime. Leading the league in interceptions, but how many off both hands of his receivers? Okay, this is talking about Derek Carr and his numbers right now. How many because he's pushing the ball down the field in the last-minute effort to win a game? Damn, you all ridiculous with this. Pick whoever you think is the worst starter in the NFL right now. Put him on the Niners, and they cook in the Raiders next week. Football's a team game. Drafting a quarterback is a lottery. Y'all for real trying to push the, the easy button to fix this team instead of addressing the defense that's been bottom 10 or bottom 5 in the league year after year. Carr was top 5 in passing year, yards last year. Don't tell me Duke can't play. We need a defense. Definition of insanity, again, the Raiders drafting quarterbacks and signing quarterbacks and think that they'll have a chance to win without fixing a defense that can't tackle, can't catch, and can't win at the line of scrimmage. And I don't know who sent us in this text from the 5 and dime. I've spent weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks talking about the defense. Let's not, make, let's not get that twisted. I've actually been criticized for talking about the defense. I don't know how many times we've talked about the defense on this show. But you also can't ignore what's going on with the quarterback position. Yeah, we talked about the balls bouncing off guys' hands. You're absolutely right. There's no, no easy narrative. It's so funny. So funny when, this, when we get a text like that because it's like similar to everything else, I guess. You either – are the bad guy, you're a hater, you're trying to push off the easy narrative. There's no pushing off an easy narrative. It's been nine years. You know what I mean? Like, like you've been rock, rocking with a, a dude for nine years. And I'm not saying that they're going to move on from him. I think that the decision is tough because of the money. I've said that multiple times on this show. So it's not about being ridiculous. It's about the business side of the NFL and what they plan on doing moving forward. And right now, while they have about $40 million dollars, tied up in a decision that they have to make five days at the Super Bowl, it makes it a lot more difficult. You make, you give me, hit me back, please. Text me from the 510-510. Please text me back and tell me what $40 million decision you'd make. If it was your call right now to bring Carr back next year and guarantee that $40 million or do, try something different after nine years. I just want, I'm curious what your answer is. Hit me back, please. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Steve Weish. NFL Network. He'll kick off hour number three. He was in Pittsburgh. We'll talk to him about the game next. It's Radio 920.